1: Heads up, this episode contains a lot of sexually graphic content. So, uh, make your arrangements.
2: Yeah, I think it was just an aha moment. I was masturbating one day and it was just really exhausting and it wasn't fun. It really wasn't what masturbation is supposed to be. And I felt like I was just misaligned and I just wanted to create an option for young women that felt safe and fun and easygoing and intimate. I don't think I really realized that then, but I think I just felt so frustrated in that moment that it was really a light bulb in some ways.
1: Caroline Spiegel is the CEO of Quinn, a company that specializes in audio erotica.
2: It's all user-generated, and people fall in love with like characters or personalities. So there's Harry, there's James, there's Anani Fun, and everyone has a different flavor, and it's like an online boyfriend, kind of.
1: From LAS Studios, this is Servant of Pod. I'm Nick Kwa. Today... A peek into the world of audio erotica
2: um it's a little bit random. I was studying computer science at Stanford, hmm. and I dropped out my senior spring, so I was really so close and I dropped out um And the reason was I had suffered from an eating disorder my junior year. It basically really messed with my sex life. Uh, Long story short, I wasn't able to get turned on or enjoy sex in the way I used to be able to. Hmm. And so I started looking into other porn options. You know, visual porn wasn't working for me. And even my doctors were like, you have to find something that just really gets you going. So I stumbled upon Literotica and Reddit and Soundgasm, all these, you know, really deep internet uh, amazing places for audio porn Mm. and and i fell in love with it it worked for me immediately and i shared it with all my girlfriends at stanford my sorority everyone was obsessed with different creators and getting really into it and i was like there is definitely something here there needs Mm. to be an option that is totally devoted to women and their eroticism
1: what is it about this sort of audio the non-visual element of it that sort of opens up this experience in a different way like what do you gain if you don't see anything
2: Right. So everyone's always like the best thing about podcasts is you can turn them on and do like random stuff. And, you know, you're just like a little bit entertained. And it's like when you're cleaning your house or whatever. Yeah. But the thing with Quinn is that you actually have to really listen for it to work Hmm. and you have to be really locked in. So it's almost the opposite of that like ambient listening argument for podcasting, which is really Hmm. interesting. You really just want to close your eyes and like imagine that you're with the person and it just becomes a sort of VR experience, obviously without the visual, the, I without yeah. the visual. <laughs> um, but you really do feel transported. And so I think one cool thing about audio is that it allows you to imagine that you're with whoever you want to be with, mm-hmm. wherever you want to be, while still providing a level of like tangible feeling to it so that your imagination doesn't provide. Because a lot of women I know masturbate just to their imaginations, which mm-hmm. men are like, what? <laughs> but I think I maybe mean, some men do it too, but... Having an audio aid or something to take the legwork out is mm. really helpful.
1: Uh, I mean, I imagine that like the, the reason why uh, women mostly masturbate to imagination is because like, there's not a point made for them. It's so it's just, it's a product that doesn't exist. Exactly. I'm sure you told this story a bunch when uh, you've been interviewed before about Quinn, but could you sort of walk me through uh, when you started the company and what the experience was like?
2: Yeah. So I dropped out of school. I moved to New York to be with my co-founder, Jackie. We met in college. She's three years older than I am. And she had graduated. And she was working in finance and (laughs) decided to, she always says that she was working in special situations investing, but Hmm. this was the most special situation she's ever (laughs) seen. (laughs) Um, So she quit her job and we raised money and started building our first iteration. Hmm. And kind of where we're at right now is we've just been on the web. So we're just a website and we've just been experimenting with a lot of different aesthetics and user flows and just trying to find what really works before we make our app, which is coming out next year.
1: Hmm. And what did you find has worked?
2: So at first we had a really kind of girly aesthetic, bubblegum pink, Hmm. just to really make it clear to everyone like this is not Pornhub. Yeah. And that was more of like an editorial blog. And then we pivoted to a truly user-generated platform for audio porn. It was dark. It kind of looked like Pornhub and Spotify. Hmm. Combined, um, and it was all user-generated. So that was the big like, key learning there was user-generated is better than editorial for this kind of content. Hmm. We just immediately got an influx of incredible content, and people were interacting with their favorite creators. They were commenting and liking, and right. it felt social. And then we were like, we're kind of missing that clean feeling that I think women really crave. You hmm. know, there's that classic line, like a, a clean, bright, well-lit space. <laughs> <laughs> which is meant to evoke like, you know, all these new sex toy companies and just sex brands are really trying to evoke that clean, well-lit space for women. Hmm. So anyway, so now we're back to kind of like a more clean, uh, girly aesthetic, a little toned down and still keeping the user-generated content thing. So it's a mix of both of our previous attempts.
1: <laughs> why, um, why you know, user-generated content? What was the sort of, what was the finding? Like, um, were people not responding to like editorially generated stuff or that people, the sort of users respond more to the community aspect of it. Like, what was the, what was the sort of shift point there?
2: Yeah. I don't know if it was even that people were dying to comment on these audios and leave a ton of feedback, but what Mm. they really wanted was profiles of people or like more information on who they were listening to. So when we just posted it, like, you know, hot British man talking, they're like, well, who's this British man and what does he do for a living? And was he for breakfast? And, you know, does he have a girlfriend? Like that, those are the questions that people were asking. Yeah. It actually reminds me of this story that one of my friends was saying he was watching porn with his girlfriend and it was like a pizza man comes to the door and she's like, they never show what kind of pizza it is. And he was like, <laughs> "What? why were you thinking about that? And she's like, it matters. You know, you want to know the context and the details and yeah. who you're watching.
1: Well, let's, let's dig into that a little more. Um, when users say that they want to know more about these creators, like what more do they want? To, what, what are they looking for? Really?
2: You kind of want to know if you're compatible. Hmm. I mean, I don't want to put all women in this bucket because it's only of interest to some. Sure, like Quinn users. Quinn users, yeah. Users, yeah. <laughs> We've definitely found that women want to know, you know, is he single? That's a big question. Or where is he from? Or, you know, does he actually get turned on when he makes these audios or is it just an act? They just want to know the context. Yeah, it actually makes a lot of sense when you think about it. It's like it's like a mindful consumer.
1: Hmm. Yeah. To, to what extent do you feel like these design choices... Uh, you know, like shifting away from like the darker Pornhub meets Spotify aesthetic to something that's brighter, like to what extent do you feel like that's an impulse to sort of normalize the content? Like, is that, totally is that an again. impulse that's strong for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned before, people have a lot of shame associated with porn and for good reason. So it's really important to make it clear that this is all consensual, safe, fun, fantasy, like playland, you know, and not like a dark place where you have to feel ashamed about yourself.
1: And I assume this, you sort of like see a, a differentiation or a separation between like porn and fantasy almost like you're, you're trying to sort of rescue the fantasy part of this, it seems like.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> well, porn is just like anything that arouses people, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people think that porn is people having sex. Hmm. For most of the content on Quint, no one's actually having sex or touching themselves. They're just engaging in fantasy and fun and dirty talk. You don't have to use your body if you don't want to.
1: It may be fantasy and fun. But all content must follow Quinn's strict community guidelines for submitted work. So no incest, no rape, no minors. Caroline says that 70% of Quinn users are women. So what makes a certain Quinn track, she calls them audios, more popular than others? The
2: amount of energy that the person is giving in the audio, like just the oomph of it, mm-hmm. is so important. We have one creator named Anani Fun 35 whose oomph is just there time and time again, and users are obsessed with him. I think it's because it feels like you're having sex with someone who's really into
3: you. Listen, everyone's quiet down there. Uh, they're watching TV. We got a little bit of time. Come here. I need this. I need this. I need this. Come here. Come here. Okay. Take your clothes off.
2: And there's like that line that like sex is about how the other person makes you feel about yourself, which is something I obviously believe in. I think you can tell with his audios, you know, like he thinks you're really, really hot and that just feels so good, you know, like mm, how yeah. often do you get that like affirming message?
1: Are the creators generally anonymous or are there splits between like people who do sort of like, you know, use their real name or, or something like that?
2: Yeah, it's the majority of them are anonymous, but we do have a few who are, you know, do this full time. We have a creator named Jim Feelgood Filth who does this as his main job and he is not anonymous.
1: Interesting. When you say main job, like, how does the compensation system work here?
2: He has a Patreon mm-hmm. where he monetizes most of his content, and then we'll pay some of our top performing creators per audio. Sure. Um, so we pay him as well for his content because it performs really nicely.
1: So from the creator's perspective here, it's like, ah, this is a place where I can like uh, increase my brand, my exposure a little bit, and then sort of funnel them away to like patrons and stuff. Is that the general cycle?
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, we're really great if you want to reach that 18 to 10... 10- 80 to 10, nope, 80 to 25 (laughs) year old woman um, who's new to porn, who is that mainstream woman. And then I do think that, you know, there's that other theory Mm -hmm. that you only need like 10 or 100 loyal fans to monetize your content. And especially with erotic content, that is the case. I mean, there's like, you know, whales, who will, (laughs) it's what they're called in the theory. (laughs) Uh, It's
1: also casinos, I think.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to reach that larger audience, you might post your audios on Quinn and then funnel away, yeah, your top fans.
1: So let's talk a little bit about the actual material. Uh, You said that your favorite track is called um, Harry Eats You Out. Uh, Here's some of that.
3: Put your bag down. Come sit over here. Take the weight off your feet. Let me help you unwind. Let's get those heels off. I'm going to rub your feet for you. How's that feel? You like the way I'm pushing my thumbs in there? I'm good. That's it, baby. Let your hair down. Just relax. Let me take care of you.
1: Tell us about this track. Like, what about it uh, makes it like a in your mind like a good Quinn contribution? Is it from a super user? How is this representative of what you think is like the best of Quinn?
2: Why I love Harry is because he he takes it really slow and he's very purposeful with his words. Another thing I really like about him is he always asks, like, does that feel good? Do you like that? And you kind of just get used to answering him in your head um, as you're listening to him. So it's just incredibly immersive. Hmm. But he just has an energy about him. You know, he has BDE. He's just, <laughs> 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 he, just he, he just has a great energy. And, and, I mean, women absolutely adore him. So,
1: hmm.
2: yeah. And men, too. A few men adore him as well.
1: <laughs> what makes good um, erotic writing?
2: I mean obviously it has to be really descriptive. I've read quite a bit of erotic writing. And there's some oral sex, then there's some P and V sex and then mm. it's like bada bing, bada boom, and you want something that has a little bit more spontaneity to it, a little more flow, like don't you don't want it to feel like mechanical or like you're mm. filling out a mad lib, you know? Um, which I think for regular consumers of erotic content that's, like, written or audio-based, that can get annoying when you feel like, oh, this is just going to be the same tropes over and over again. Right,
1: just, like, swap professions. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
2: Or, like, car sex, and then there's bathroom sex, and then there's, you know... Yeah. We're in a movie theater. It's like, okay, all right, okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, like, the the clip itself, I feel, is, like, pretty representative. It's, like, the the gaze is on you, the, like, the, the consumer, as opposed to, like... Conventional porn, which is the gaze is outwards. It feels like really um, revolutionary uh, in the sense that like like you were the center of attention and that, that kind of feels like a rare experience to get from, from the internet a lot of times.
2: Isn't that true? Like, I think that's a rare experience to get in life as well. Just someone that's completely focused and attentive and interested in you. Hmm. And it's one of the reasons why I think the audios are so powerful because you do feel like I'm the star right now. It's about me, you know?
1: It reminds me a little bit of what they say about like really good politicians, like when they talk right? to you, <laughs> like, like Bill
2: Clinton or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like
1: nobody. El- well, Bill Clinton is a good example, right? Like, like <laughs> nobody else in the world ex- exists other than you.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Um, so, to to switch gears for a little bit, uh, t- to what extent is diversity something that you think about?
2: It's been an interesting process working on creator diversity in the audio space, because at first it wasn't something we thought about because we were like it's just voices right Hmm. which was idiotic and almost immediately people were like all these guys are white Hmm. and I was like oh but I never thought about that how can you tell and people were just like I can just tell and then we just started making a huge push to make sure that everyone's preferences were served and we had different genders and sexualities and ethnicities and ability levels represented because otherwise you're just not doing a good job of being an erotic content provider.
1: Twin is just one destination in the audio erotica universe, but there is a much larger mainstream porn industry. So let's talk to the 500-pound gorilla in that room. More in a minute. Imagine if you could charge your electric vehicle at the places you already love to eat, shop, and play. Pornhub is one of the largest producers of user-generated porn in the world. Around 1.36 million hours of content has been uploaded onto the platform. In 2019, they reported an average of 115 million daily visits. For scale, that's the population of Canada, Poland, Australia, and the Netherlands combined. It's a private company and hasn't publicly shared how much revenue it makes, but whatever it is, it's probably a heck of a lot. But Pornhub is predominantly video, as is the rest of what we can broadly call mainstream online pornography. So, is Pornhub thinking about audio at all?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely something that we've all been paying attention to, especially in the past like two years or so, I would say.
1: Alex Klein is a brand manager at Pornhub.
0: As obviously there's like been more and more offerings kind of hitting the market we've been paying attention to it in the sense that you know we do want to make sure that our audience is being served in terms of what's kind of the the latest technology that's available like porn kind of has this reputation for sort of being like at the the cutting edge of of technology i guess so to speak in Hmm. terms of having like really been at the forefront of development of things like video streaming so obviously like you know Audio is not necessarily like the most like cutting edge thing, but it's certainly like a really interesting experience that I think, you know, more and more people are are starting to be captivated mm. by. And, you know, kind of conversations we've been having internally is like, you know, is this like coming to rise, like at the same time as like podcasting being something that's like more interesting and, and more compelling to people as kind of like a form of storytelling and entertainment so yeah, we've we've been paying attention to it. All this to say is we don't have anything official on the site at this time in terms of, you know, an official sort of audio section or category.
1: But you can find audio porn on Pornhub.
0: We've seen that things like ASMR porn have been mm-hmm. increasingly popular. We also, kind of like in the same vein, I guess, like over the past couple of years have been focusing more on kind of accessibility initiatives. Mm -hmm. So the first kind of foray into that, I guess, would have been with our described video category, which launched a couple of years ago now. We selected some of the most popular videos on the site at the time, Mm. and we kind of like redid them almost. This is Pornhub's descriptive audio of the video, Handy Tanner Fucks Aunt Fucky on air full. Holes Parody, Scene 1, by Pornhub Originals. We worked with a team of scriptwriters who took up on the task of describing elements that are happening in the video that you wouldn't necessarily, just by listening to it, really know what's happening. So things kind mm. of like the setting, what the models look like, what they're wearing. A white woman in a cheap-looking red power suit sits next to a tall, lanky, white, middle-aged man with brown hair, a white shirt, gray suit, and a red-striped tie. We then added an audio track that we recorded with professional voice actors to sort of help fill in those blanks. They passionately grab each other and start making out, mouths wide and tongues exposed. Handy Tanner opens up Fucky Donaldson's blazer, her big boobs held by a black lacy bra. And it was this really interesting challenge because obviously like the existing audio, we kind of kept there as an important sort of like underscore, I guess, to, to what was happening in the scene. Because there's, of course, like mm-hmm. so many really interesting audio components that go into a sex scene or a porn scene, but we didn't want to like overwhelm it also at the same time. So it wasn't like too much description. It was really just enough to kind of help paint like a more accurate visual image of the scene and then kind of just like let the rest of it be carried out by what was happening organically.
1: So at this point in time, it doesn't sound like there's any interest in building up like a user generated audio content component of Pornhub, right?
0: It's something that I think we're definitely kind of keeping an eye on to see if and when it would make sense to start introducing. But it's, it's not something that's, you know, coming out tomorrow.
1: So what do you think about the audio specific porn that's out there now?
0: I think for us, what's been kind of interesting about what's been emerging so far is the branding of it specifically. Hmm. You know, I I think a lot of it has been obviously kind of skewed more towards, you know, women or, or female identifying viewers. And I think a lot of our listeners, I guess, would make more sense to say in this case, I think what's been interesting there, at least in some of the, you know, sort of like interviews that I've read that have been coming out over the past couple of years about this kind of like new trend is I think this idea that, you know, porn, like porn with a capital B, is kind of like too gross for women. And that's why there's this Mm. need for audio porn, which is something that like, I think I have a little bit of, of difficulty with because I think there's this problematic idea that porn for women is kind of this like really singular thing. And it's all supposed to be like really soft and really, you know, kind of like the Harlequin romance, like, vibe about it. And we've actually seen like, just in terms of like our data, that that's not really what women are into. Of
3: the people who come to my site, uh, roughly 65% are men and 35% are women. I know that's gonna come as a shock, because audio porn is so frequently presented as something that is for women. It's not as visual, men are more visual, women are, you know, softer and more words based. That is not true. So there's the startup and there's the big platform. But
1: what about the actual creators? Girl on the Net is an independent UK based sex blogger who also posts audio porn on her site. This is I Want You to Destroy My Cunt. This is the voice of Girl on the Net, and that's
3: how we will refer to her since she chooses to remain anonymous. For a very long time, I've had the phrase destroy my cunt sitting in my ideas bank. It's a phrase I used to utterly hate, but which I've softened on a bit in recent years, because I'm an eager pervert who will usually fetishise almost every phrase eventually, like monster cock, which if you search my blog you'll find another post on that's kind of similar. I know that for many people, this phrase, destroy my cunt, is quite an aggressive-sounding turn-off. So if you're one of them, you probably won't enjoy this piece. If you're like me, though, and you've either enjoyed saying, please destroy my cunt, or I'm going to destroy your cunt, then you might like this random stream-of-consciousness porn.
1: While Quinn Audio is mostly user-generated, Girl on the Net writes and performs the majority of the audio porn on her site. That said, when she created the blog in 2011, Audio was not on her mind.
3: As the blog sort of grew, I had a couple of followers of the blog, one who's blind and one who has other visual impairments, saying basically one of the problems with erotica is that if you're reading it via a screen reader, the screen reader reads it in a robot voice and the robot voice is not very sexy. (laughs) So unless you have a very particular kink for robots, um, it's not very sexy and it's not very accessible. And I've always wanted to make sure that my website is accessible to as many people as possible. So one of them suggested I start recording the audio of the sexier posts and it was quite fun. So I gave it a go and that's sort of how I found out about audio porn. I, I don't think I really, I didn't realise it was a thing until I started making it. So it sort of started from an accessibility point of view and then launched into just being something that was quite fun. And it's now one of the most popular sections of my website. Popular in the case of Girl on the Net with more men than women. The reason that more women listen to audio porn is because audio porn is more often marketed at women and made for women. And it does generally people who produce it do more of the kind of female gaze type stuff. Whereas I tend to write more stuff which is designed for straight cis men to get off to because they're generally most of my readers. And so my demographics are, are different. I think broadly what I would say is that audio is a, it's a medium, just like video is a medium. And so audio can be tailored to any person of any gender, any sexuality, or it just depends on the words that you write and the story that you're telling.
1: Girl on the Net is mostly supported through Patreon, and it's her full-time job. She's very intentional about who she works with, and she considers herself a member of what she calls
3: the ethical porn movement. Who was the studio? Were people paid to produce it? Was there good consent when it was being made? Were people paid fairly and treated fairly? All that kind of stuff. And all of that is definitely important when it comes to ethical porn. But there's a fantastic article by a porn performer called Jizz Lee called Ethical Porn Starts When We Pay for It. And that's the thing that I would always highlight to pretty much any consumer, really. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to pay individually for every single piece of porn you consume because different people have different funding models. What it does mean is... When you're seeking out porn, you should always have the question front of mind, who is making money off this? And is it fair to the people who are creating it? For instance, you know, if you went to go and see a band in concert and you learned that that band was being paid peanuts, but the management company was absolutely raking it in, then you might question whether you want to spend your money on tickets for that in future. And likewise with porn, I think, There is plenty of incredibly brilliant free ethical porn out there. You know, there are sex bloggers who put their work up for free and fund, like I do, through advertising and Patreon. All of my work is free to access. I just ask people to chip in on Patreon if they want to. So, have the pandemic lockdowns helped her business? Yeah, do you know, right at the start of lockdown, there was a huge increase in traffic and particularly people listening to audio. It started dying off a little bit, like maybe people got bored of masturbating like partway through the pandemic. But yeah, it, it was very good. It was very good to start off with because people are inside more and they can, you know, take more breaks from work and not spend so much time commuting and really get stuck into the wanking.
1: <laughs> it may seem like Pornhub isn't diving headfirst into the audio space. But that doesn't mean they don't influence the community.
3: I think one of the big challenges, and I don't know if Quinn would say this, but I would think this is a challenge for Quinn and any company that does user-generated content, is that the most popular content, because of the nature of the internet, is usually going to trend towards the sort of thing you would see on the homepage of Pornhub because Pornhub has defined how we see sex. So if you go to Quinn, you will find a lot of male dom, femme sub type stuff, often um, DDLG play. You will find a lot of that content because it is popular and it gets people clicks, which brings me neatly onto what I'm trying to do with my site, <laughs> because obviously a lot of my fantasies, my, my sexuality is incredibly boring when you really sort of cut it down to basics. I am a straight cis woman. I mostly like being a bit submissive and getting banged really hard in the way that you would see on the front page of Pornhub. I don't want people to think that that's what porn is like. And so my mission for the next few years is to expand the number of writers that I'm working with on my site bring more attention to their work without them having to do loads more work and I can kind of shine a spotlight on other writers who are doing really incredible things. Girl on the net. You can hear more at girlonthenet.com
1: audio-porn. There are links to all these sites in the episode description. Servant of Pod is written and hosted by me, Nick Qua. You can check out more episodes at alias.com slash Servant of Pod. The show is produced by Jessica Alpert and John Parati at Rococo Punch. Web design by Andy Cheatwood and the digital and marketing teams at Southern California Public Radio. Logo and branding by Leo G. Thanks to the team at Alias Studios, including Christian Hayford, Taylor Kaufman, Kristen Muller, and Leo G. Servant of Pod is a production of LAist studios like what is the what's the top performing accent British interesting yeah and I'm gonna guess that Quinn is largely American uh, audiences
2: yeah it is (laughs) What,
1: what do you think is going on there
2: Come on, everyone loves a British accent. (laughs) I like it so much more exciting when I'm on a call with someone with a British accent, just in like non-erotic context, so I I understand why.